Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to a new episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we're discussing Black Adam, as well as all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. Now, Lee, in Black mm. Adam, it's set in ancient Kandak, where the slave Teth Adam was gifted the almighty powers of the gods. But he used those powers for vengeance and was imprisoned. Now, 5,000 years later, he is freed and once again wields his dark sense of justice onto the world. Refusing to surrender, Teth Adam is challenged by a team of modern-day heroes known as the Justice Society, Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Atom Smasher and Cyclone, who seek to return him to eternal captivity. Black Adam is directed by Wame Kolitsera, who did Jungle Cruise with Dwayne Johnson, from a screenplay by Adam Steichel, Rory Haynes, Sorab Noshavani, based on characters created by Bill Parker and CeCe Beck. Of course, Black Adam stars Dwayne Johnson, Pierce Brosnan, Aldous Hodge, Sarah Shahi, Noah Centineo and Quintessa Swindle. Right, so Tim, Black Mm. Adam, we've been waiting a long time for this film. It's very highly anticipated. It is. It's been in development for 15 years. Yeah, can you believe that? So Dwayne Johnson was first cast as the character of Black Adam Mm. back in 2007. And he's been trying to get it made ever since. Ever since. And here we are, finally. (laughs) And so far, reactions have been not great. Yes, rather mixed, I would say. Yeah, mixed, yeah. The Rotten Tomatoes score, for example, has the audience placing it at 88%. Oh. With critics placing it at 43%. Wow, the difference is extraordinary. But I mean, the discourse that I've seen online is not all that positive. No. This is the first feature film with this character, which is quite exciting. Yeah. Getting something fresh. Finally. Or so we hoped. So we hoped. (laughs) Do we want to give a quick recap on where the DCU started and for how long it's been going for? So I guess it kicked off back in 2013 with Henry Cavill cast as the Man of Steel in... Man of Steel, which was directed by Zack Snyder. What followed was a sleuth of films where they focused mainly on 
ensemble films like Batman vs Superman. We have Suicide Squad. We've had mm. Justice League. We've had an Aquaman movie. We've had a couple of Wonder Woman films, among others. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the shtick of the DCEU mm-hmm. that they throw us into ensemble and introduce us to all these characters rather than the MCU formula, which is let's start with some solo films and then we bring them together in an yeah. Avengers-like film. So here we are, what, oh gosh, 2013. What is that? How many years ago is that? Nine years ago. And we're first being introduced to Black Adam Mm. in a solo film, which is refreshing. (laughs) A solo film that also tries to pack in a bunch of other characters. Yes. Many, many characters. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I didn't know much about Black Adam. And I suspect a lot of people didn't, unless you're a really, really diehard fan. Mm. He's meant to be a supervillain, an anti-hero. And I wasn't aware that Black Adam had the powers of Shazam. Yes. I knew there was talk of him appearing in Shazam at one point before they decided to make the standalone movie. Mm. But yeah, that was interesting in the film, I think. You know, I've got something to say about that because have you seen Shazam? I haven't, you know, and we've talked about this, but I'm not super into that film for some reason, even though I haven't seen it. Mm. Um, But it was quite enjoyable. People liked it. It was good, harmless fun. It's certainly not a classic, Mm. but the sequel's coming out very soonly, so you'll have to catch up on that. I will catch up, and the sequel does actually look like a lot of fun. Fury of the Gods, Shazam Mm. Fury of the Gods. With that, okay, so I also found it really bizarre that Black Adam comes from the same world of wizards and magic and Mm. things as Shazam does in that film because tonally the Shazam movie is comedy, right? Yeah. It is action comedy Kids being given superpowers. Yeah, I mean, that is pretty lighthearted if you just think of it in that sense Mm. alone. I found it so odd and jarring that Black Adam comes from this same world. And I found myself, not in how they did it, but when they say Shazam in the movie, Mm. I found myself giggling because (laughs) I thought, how are these of the same world? Because tonally, they could not be more opposite from each other. And it's going to be really interesting how they bring them together if that's the plan in future films. Yeah. Mm. Did you think there was enough story here to warrant a standalone film for Black Adam? Look, it was trying to tell five billion stories in one. I think there's a really interesting story behind his character and how he comes to be. Mm. Whether they explained it properly enough or developed it enough is Mm. debatable. I think there's always space for a solo film to set up a character. We need it Mm. because, you know, I've just gone on and criticised the DCU for going more ensemble stuff before we actually get to know people. Mm. However, we have a mix mash of an ensemble piece with characters we've never met before and I still don't know anything about them having watched the (laughs) film. And then you've got Black Adam where they just use this really shit way of storytelling which just convolutes a very simple narrative really. Yeah, I mean basically the story itself leans heavily into themes of oppression, Mm. Western occupation and Western interference. Mm. So the people of Kandak have been oppressed for centuries and they're looking to their hero, Black Adam. But what happens is Amanda Waller, that old chestnut. Yeah. That bitch. <laughs> yeah, who just pops up in cameos everywhere. She does. She I swear she only shows up on monitors in the DCU. She never yes. materializes in person. Must be so great for Viola Davis <laughs> yeah. when filming. So she sends in the B team, essentially. Right. The Justice League weren't available, I guess. No one, the Suicide Squad weren't, but now she's got a finger in the Justice Society pie. <laughs> Uh, so she sends them in to swoop in and save the day mm. before innocent people get hurt, as Hawkman says to her. Yes. Before they promptly destroy most of the city 
and put many, many people in danger. Many people did not survive this <laughs> I know, film. because of the Justice Society. Yes, I know. It is absolutely counterintuitive to what they're all about, which yeah. is to protect human life. <laughs> so there's a really interesting message at the heart of this film that I don't think they explored as well as they could have. And is that the morality battle about what is good, what is evil, yes. what's a hero, what's an anti-hero, how does revenge come into play? And help and hinder, like, yes. you know, is it your business to help people who, you know? And then the townspeople of Kandak are like, you've never come here. The Justice League never came to save us. Like, why are you coming to yeah. help us now when we've been oppressed for all these years? It's all really interesting ideas, but anytime they get close to something really meaningful, it's like they turn and fly in the other direction. Yeah, uh, quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're all flying around everywhere. Even the villains of this piece mm. are just a vague shape of something that you don't fully understand, mm. but you've heard a million times before. They're yeah. there to steal the resources. Yeah, exactly. But who were these people? I don't fucking know. They, <laughs> they had some weird flying machines like you've seen in Minority Report. Yeah. Which were cool, but I or was Wakanda. like, what? Or Wakanda. I was like, what is this world? We've never heard of this place before. At one point, I thought we were on another planet and not actually Earth. It just mm. seems to just introduce you to this place of weird technology, but oppression mm. and poverty in a weird mix of tones and experiences. Mm. And it took me a while, maybe because maybe I wasn't paying attention because it didn't have my attention or it wasn't clear. It took me a while to figure out that they were a town under oppression but on military, whatever it's called. Occupation. Occupation. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, was that right? It was. I was probably like halfway through the movie before I figured out why everyone was so uh, like angry. <laughs> <laughs> Even with all the heavy exposition. That was involved. I mean, look, you expect... It was so you, convoluted though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you expect that with films like this, that mm. there's going to be a certain level of exposition because you need to be quickly introduced to these characters and who they are. Mm. There is um, siblings, a brother and a sister, who they quickly establish are brother and sister because she says, brother, something, blah, 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 blah. Like, have you ever spoken to your family like that? Brother, sister. Dom, that's what I call him because <laughs> that's his name. Yeah. <laughs> brother, come yeah. hither. <laughs> but I didn't understand what the point of the brother and sister were and why they were looking for this crown. Yes. That is the MacGuffin of the piece. You know, everybody's looking for this crown. I had a problem with that as well because, okay, so she's like an archaeologist or something. She's got all this insight. Is into she? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I have no idea. But they want to keep this crown safe. So they go look for it to take it out of the mountain. To bring it out into the public. To keep it safe. It's like, but it's in there hidden. So how about, you how about we it? just leave it there? But also how easy it was for them to find it because all the fucking ancient inscriptions on the mountain were like, it is here. Come <laughs> follow the arrow this way. Squeeze thought, through this crack. Yeah. And it's floating in midair over here. <laughs> oh, dear. She also had a special necklace that was mentioned at the very beginning and then never referred to again. It did something, but I actually can't remember what it did. It played some sort of role. It glowed for a hot minute and then... <laughs> Did it? Yeah. I've completely and then that, that. Yeah, it was. It was when she brought Black Adam back from the dead or whatever from his oh. imprisonment. It glowed, and she uttered these words, and then we got Dwayne. Can you tell we're just a little confused by this film, <laughs> listener? We're just a little lost as to know what, what what I was trying to do. Do you know what I really, really wanted to love this film? Me too. And you, you know, I love a superhero film, so and a I Dwayne will, Johnson movie. Exactly, I will forgive a lot when it comes to Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Let me tell you. Are you struggling to forgive things in this movie? I, I am because I was left with the distinct impression that Black Adam isn't even an anti-hero. Mm. Just, just a misunderstood 
hero? Yeah. He just needed to be educated or sat down and spoken to. I didn't feel the menace or that he's really dangerous. He's a mm. bit careless with where he throws his lightning bolts, that's for sure. Yeah. But I didn't feel the simmering anger. You know, the tagline is born out of rage. Yeah. He was just chilling and floating around. They made him too empathetic, I yes. think. And he's a champion of the people, but I don't think the balance in the character development was right. And I think that comes down to also the way Dwayne Johnson chose to play the character mm. in that it was very one expression. So muted, wasn't it? For the whole thing. There were a couple of moments where he unleashed his anger and that was bloody fantastic. And I thought, mm. yes, yes, more of this. Mm. But there weren't levels there to give you the sense that he was struggling with anything or even though he was, he was struggling mm. with a lot, but mm. that he was menacing or intimidating. Exactly. Until the battle scenes and then you're like, okay, yeah, he's powerful. Just speaking about how he presented physically in this movie. Okay. He was swole as fuck. Like this guy mm -hmm. is enormous. Yeah. But I found the way Dwayne and the creative team chose to present Black Adam or Teth Adam, which I was so lost why they kept calling him Teth Adam the entire movie. I thought You didn't know name? the name? I did not know. <laughs> and I thought everyone Did you think his actual name was Black? <laughs> I mean, fuck, I don't know. It's a comic book world. I just thought everyone had a speech impediment with calling him Teth, Teth Adam. <laughs> no. I was like, who is, who is Teth Adam? Who are they talking about? Anyway, I digress. But he literally floated around in this movie like he was doing acrobats in a pink concert <laughs> or, or levitating the, like David Copperfield magical act. With the one leg bent. One the leg bent. The superhero bend. Like you a just little pop. Little pop. Little yeah. pop. Yeah. And he's just floating around, just kind of chilling, looking around, barely frowning his brow. And, of course, we got the cool guys don't look at explosion scene <laughs> when he just floated away from yeah. this massive explosion. Do you know that totally. Lonely Island song? No. Cool guys don't look at explosions. Make sure you look it up, listeners. Have yeah. a Google. It's really funny. <laughs> the lines are, who's got time to look at explosions? There are cool guy errands <laughs> they have to walk to. The more you ignore it. The cooler you look. Oh, my God. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hold the phone. Was this a song that was playing during that? No. I'm just oh. saying. It was a cool guy. It was his. Oh, that was his he, There was a moment, you know. There was a huge explosion. You just kind of lightly floated away without <laughs> looking at it. It was his cool guys don't look at explosions <laughs> moment. There were a few of those. Yeah. There's also a scene in there which I thought was. I, I couldn't decide if it was on the nose or not. But. Mm -hmm. Where Black Adam metaphorically destroys every other DC hero in a bedroom. Did you oh, notice that? Yeah. There's a scene where he's destroying all this stuff in a bedroom, having a fight. And, you know, a Batman figurine goes flying. A Superman poster gets electricity shot through it. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, all right, all right. You're, you're sending a message here. You're sending a message here that Black Adam is here to destroy every other DC superhero. 100%. I would say it was on the nose. It, tonally, it was confused because I found it quite comical rather than cheeky because it, we were in this kid's bedroom with all these posters and figurines and then mm. like blink, 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 getting like pinged around everywhere. I, I found the tone of the, the comedy in this script really odd. I felt like they were trying to go down a Drax Guardians of the Galaxy road, you know, as, oh, right. as, yeah, as Dwayne started to get a bit of a fucking personality in this movie, he was all about trying to land the right catchphrase through an interaction with one of the characters, a mm. kid in this film and it just didn't work that the balance of tone and what he was about, how he was trying to present himself as menacing, mm. vengeful, revengeful. And then he says these random catchphrases. Are you meant to laugh or cringe? The thing is we meet him before he gets his powers yes. and he's a father. Mm. 
right? In Shazam, when the kids get their powers, they don't change their personality. That is such a good point. And his personality somehow disappeared. Yeah, he had none. <laughs> God, he was dull. I'm sorry, I have to say, Aww. Dwayne Johnson was dull you know, in that this hurts. movie. That hurts. I know, I was trying to read the room as to whether it was safe to say that. Look. I'm not going to disagree with you, but it hurts me. It hurts me in my heart. Oh, my God. This is like our Northman episode where I kind of kind of agreed that Nicole Kimmon was miscast yeah. in that film. Is, are you saying? No, okay, he's not I'm not miscast. going to go that far. I'm not okay. going to go that far. I okay. think the creative decisions they made weren't quite the right ones for this character. That's it. That's what I think. <laughs> leave right. it there. We'll Let's leave it move there. on. Full stop. <laughs> But I feel like I need to give a bit of a feedback sandwich here, okay, uh-huh. and end with something positive. That's always a nice thing. He looked good in his suit. He did. He did. <laughs> because he was very adamant in preparing for the role of Black Adam, right, where mm. there's no padding. Everything that you see in that skin-tight spandex is Dwayne That's underneath nuts. that. That is nuts to think that. It's concerning. <laughs> it's concerning? Like I'm aching all over thinking about my body having to endure What he put himself through to look like that, only to then just float around through the sky. Yeah. I I feel like his physicality was lost. You didn't actually get a sense of his power. Or his anger. Or his anger. It's bizarre. But yes, feedback sandwich, he looked good. He was just kind of sad, wasn't he? I mean, like, actually sad. The character was sad. Mm. And the problem with finding out that he is sad and what he's about and why he presents this way. Like, it took you so long to understand and empathise with him because of the structure of the story because you keep going back in these unrelenting flashbacks Mm. to piece the truth together. Mm. And by the time you find out everything, you don't really give a shit anymore. I found that anyway. I was like, oh, okay. So they they kind of described it in a bunch of exposition and then showed you what happened and it was like... Yeah. Well, you already told me this. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was just a mixed bag. Let's talk about the other characters in the mm-hmm. film. We'll start with, you know, second billing, Dr. Fate, Pierce <laughs> Brosnan and Hawkman, yes. played by Aldous Hodge. They were a really good duo together. I loved them together. The friendship between their characters played mm. really well on yes. screen. I mean, I'll start with this. Is Dr. Fate a poor man's Dr. Strange? <laughs> yes. Perhaps. But he's a super cool character. But the problem I had with the ensemble characters here, as Mm. brilliant as the performances of Pierce Brosnan and Aldous Hodge as Hawkman were, Mm. you literally knew nothing about these characters. Yeah. Absolutely zero. Listener, zero. Or their powers. Or their powers. How do they manifest? Where have they come Mm. from? Oh, well, you did get a sense of Cyclone's powers, played by Quintessa Swindle. She Mm. gave a bit of a backstory about what happened to her, which was quite awful. She was experimented on. Yeah, it was quite awful. Yes. With nanotech. Ah. Got to throw in that nanotech. Yep, very important. Very important. Got to have a scene where there's a smart little cookie sitting there <laughs> using nanotech to save someone. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, one of my favourite characters actually was Cyclone. She mm. looked incredible. The colours. Powers aren't particularly helpful. They destroyed more than they <laughs> helped. That's so true. But she looked freaking fantastic. She did look cool. I loved the hair. I loved the costume yes. and the colours through that, um, the CGI that came and with And the it. way she moved. And yeah. yeah, it was fantastic. Not yet, but not the most helpful powers. No. And <laughs> then again, neither is Adam Smasher. Despite the fact that he can grow to hundreds of times his size. Yeah. He was a bit useless. He was a bit useless. He was a bit of a bumbling buffoon. One of my favourite shots was where he used himself as like a bowling ball to destroy something. And then it was almost like they forgot to cut away, but you just kept seeing him roll in the background. <laughs> and I thought, are we, are we meant to have seen this like 
because is he going to stop? Maybe that was a comedy moment. I don't know. Oh, I mean, see, this is the thing. It was all a bit of a mix. But even he destroyed more than he helped. Yes, but he was actually quite self-aware of that as well. Mm. He was like, oh, sorry. He didn't even know why he was there, what he was doing. This is the first time that Adam Smasher had actually contributed to saving the world. No, this team had just been put together for this mission. Yeah. They didn't really know a lot about each other. Nothing. And there was a vague plan in place, but there was no kind of, right, I'll do this, you do this, you come around here. It was just like, no. go, let's all just go. They literally just start jumping out of the plane, leaving characters that have never done this before to figure out what to do. Yeah. One at, one at a time as well. Like, do you know that they never attack at the same time <laughs> in these films? It's always, they always take turns. It's only fair. Yeah. Because they've got to get their moment in the spotlight. They've got, they got to stop and have a catchphrase first. And Absolutely. And go in. Do you I know what? I'm, this is the kind of stuff that I forgive in Marvel films and some DC films. Sure. For some reason it wasn't landing in this one. Mm. Can I just talk about the, the look of these characters? Yeah. All of them were amazing. I loved they their do, costumes. Yeah. But some of them were ridiculous. I mean, other than Dr. Fate not literally having eye slits to be able to see, <laughs> I mean, I get it. You just had to presume that he could see beyond. That's fine. We're not dumb. We can figure that yeah. out. But Hawkman's helmet I fucking loved. But Jesus, it was the most ridiculous superhero helmet I've mm. ever seen in my goddamn life. How impractical is that helmet <laughs> so many jagged edges it must have weighed a ton and then he had a little mace that was spinning yeah that was his thing that was his thing other than just being generally fucking badass and cool he was pretty cool. his costume was aesthetically amazing but so dumb i would have liked to have understood more about these characters being introduced you can't yes. introduce a whole bunch of characters and expect the audience to accept it on face value exactly the only thing i really learned about the justice society was that they don't need passports <laughs> you know that's the only thing i learned and hawkman has a professor x style mansion He's with a rich as fuck with a ship that comes out of the ground the garden the palace of versailles gardens that open and, and release the ship yeah just to build on the fact that we didn't know who these people were, mm. there's actually this really moving two-hander between some people within the Justice Society yes. towards the end. Yeah. Brilliant acting, really gripping. Mm. But at the same time, you didn't feel much else other than that or understand because they hadn't established their relationship with each other. Yeah. And so you're meant to try and go on this emotional journey between these two characters who are giving it their all from an acting perspective. Mm. But then you just move on from it because it's like, I don't care about these characters. I know nothing about them. Maybe it's relying on a lot of presumed knowledge. But with such an obscure, I'm sorry, for, for me, I'm like you, I didn't know nothing about Black Adam mm. going into this movie. It's not part of my understanding of comic books and superheroes. Mm. I think that's a really dangerous avenue to go down if that's the case. Assume mm. knowledge about a really unknown secret society or superhero I think was mm. a bad a bad choice mm. in this one if, if that's the case. Yeah, there's a lot of juicy material here to have a superhero like Black Adam and it's, it's, mm. it's very important for the DC universe too. Hugely important. So, yeah, it's a shame that they didn't give him the starring vehicle that he deserved. Yes, but they promised it all the same. Oh, yeah. This is what we were they told. They marketed the hell out of it. They He's going to change off. the hierarchy of the DCEU forever. Do you know what, though? Mm. In terms of the character himself, it does. Yes. Because you yes. see how powerful he is. It does change the hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Whether it saves the DCEU, I don't know. It's certainly no. pushing it in the right direction. It just didn't quite get there. No. I, the DCU, I'm sorry, the DCU is fucked. <laughs> it's fucked. They have no idea what they're doing. This was a reset that they needed 
big time. Mm. The president of the DCEU at Warner Brothers mm. has just quietly resigned, Hamada. What? Which is good news because he should have not been in that job. Yeah, there's a lot of controversy and a lot of issues in the wake of him. And I'm hoping that that will maybe push it in a it's new too direction. Late. It's Give too Dwayne late, Johnson man. the job. Dwayne Johnson should have the job of just running the whole show. You know what? He'd take that on. He would take that He'd on. Take that on. Uh, I want to talk about the music for a second. Okay. It was angry. Mm-hmm. It was obvious. <laughs> they used songs like Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones. Yes. And Bullet with Butterfly Wings <laughs> by Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> I was very disappointed at the end to mm. hear Kanye West's power played. Oh, I didn't notice it. At the end of the film. It was jarring because given all the damaging and anti-Semitic remarks that Kanye West has made recently and the yes. things he said about the police brutality victim George yes. Floyd, it's not kosher. Oh, and man. That's disappointing. Yeah, and you would have had time to remove that song. Come Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Because now he's making money off that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because they're using it. Yeah. That is uh, that is a bad decision if I've ever seen one. I was quite disappointed. Can I just talk about the use of music in this mm. film? Because I found the combination of like the music, the slow motion. Oh, we haven't talked about the slow motion. Yeah. We need to talk about that. And, and paired with Dwayne Johnson's one look for the film, bored, motionless. It was just such repetitive, relentless action scenes that didn't stand alone from each other. It just kept... Recycling, repeat, recycle, repeat. And so I you weren't seeing anything me. new. I wasn't seeing anything new. I yeah. just, I needed my eyeballs were <laughs> absolutely burning by the end of this movie. Yeah, they love a slow motion shot in this film. It mm. felt like The Flash or mm. leaning into Zack Snyder's style of, of filmmaking. It's very much like that, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it, yeah. it drew a lot of inspiration I from I mean, it that. worked when you're using it in terms of a character like Cyclone. Sure. 100%. Like you need to slow it down because she's she's literally a cyclone. <laughs> she's literally a cyclone. Yeah. And yeah, maybe maybe once more with Black Adam to show how his power is actually working because he was speeding all over the place. Yeah, he was darting around like Benny Hill fast forward. But it was... <laughs> <laughs> maybe not quite. But it was too much maybe. Yeah. It's when a movie does something well at first and it's different and it's cool, it stands out and they own it. Mm. But then when they keep doing it, it loses its impact. Or if they use it for too long. Yes, oh my God, they went on for so fucking long. Yeah. I mean, we love an action film. That's great. Give us the action. It was style over substance with this film. It was mm. made very apparent early on. Did you like the style though? No, I, I'm not a huge fan of Zack Snyder's style, his aesthetic. Mm. Some of his films like 300 and Watchmen work in yes. isolation. Yeah. But the way that he has aesthetically projected his vision onto the DCEU is just an assault on the senses. And I think that they that the Black Adam creative team were very distracted by that here. I right. thought the effects and CGI were horrendous in this movie. Really? Actually, I wanted to talk to you about that oh. because there is a moment where they shrink Dwayne Johnson. Oh, it, <laughs> oh my God, fucking hell. This Did you forget the about this? This thing ever. Thank really? Oh, he looked like a Steve Rogers. <laughs> yeah, but I thought they did it better than that. I mean, technology's come a long way since then, since Steve Rogers. Like, yes, it, I guess it looked okay, but I'm sorry, but when you have an elephant size of a man like Dwayne Johnson in 90% of the film, mm. and then you go to some uh, physique that is actually even, even more built than me, like he still, he just looked ridiculous. This is a big old head. On well, this tiny I, body. I was going to say they did shrink the head down a little bit. They did. They uh, did. I'm sorry. I think he looked utterly ridiculous. Right. I was going to say I thought it was quite believable. But oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, there, there's that positive sandwich or feedback sandwich yeah, or whatever okay. you called it before. Let's wrap up our review of Black Adam. What okay. do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Black Adam isn't the game changer that it promises to be. It is marginally better than some of the other DC films that have been put out there. The intention and the passion for the project comes across in places with promising performances from its cast, but any time it comes close to saying anything meaningful, it flies away faster than Black Adam. Ultimately, it's missing that extra bit of excitement and it mistakes sluggishness for simmering intensity. I enjoyed parts of it, but ultimately I was quite underwhelmed. I'm going to give it two and a half popcorn kernels out of five. There we go. Well, Black Adam spent 15 years in development and it could have done with another 15. The story is messy, the action unrelenting and repetitive, the characters grossly underdeveloped and its leading man just frowns and floats for two hours delivering stunted and silly dialogue. Black Adam is yet another notch on the DCEU belt that further exposes their inability to deliver a compelling story and choose spectacle over substance. I'm going to rate Black Adam one and a half popcorn kernels. Wow, you're going low. You're going, going low. low. See, oh, my love for Dwayne endures. <laughs> and I'm happy for you, Lee. I am happy for you. And I hope that the next time Black Adam shows up in the DCEU that we get a better product. Because I think there is something in there yes. that is compelling and interesting. We just haven't got it yet. And we know he's going to show up again because there is yeah. the post credit scene, which we didn't discuss and we won't reveal. But, I mean, it's everywhere now. And I peed my panties. <laughs> you, did, <laughs> you did squeal on the way out. <laughs> Did squeal. You did. Um, great. But that's also a problem when the end credit scene is a lot more exciting but than this the is film. The thing. Shout out to Peter Gray, who we saw the film with. Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter, who's a huge fan of Dwayne Johnson. You should listen to the monthly movie marathon podcast where him and Nick LeBarrow thirst over <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. It is. Yeah. Have a cold shower before and after that episode, guys. Yeah. But he was saying it's strategic because you leave the movie feeling like you've seen a great film yeah. based on the post credit scene and it's sneaky and it's not appreciated because it is the best <laughs> part of the movie but it's after the movie's ended yeah and therein lies yeah. a really deep problem do you know what i love i'm gonna take that tagline frowns and floats <laughs> i love that you can have that one for yeah. free Lee. well black adam is in australian cinemas from october 20 Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. All right, Lee, let's jump into our news and trailer section 
for this mm. week's episode. So after the release of Black Adam, interest in a new Superman movie with Henry Cavill reprising the role has reached fever pitch. Word around Warner Brothers, according to Hollywood Reporter, is that a project which would essentially be Man of Steel 2 is currently looking for writers. Ooh, exciting. Mm. I can't wait to see Henry Cavill as Superman again. Oh, my God. Give me, give me, give me. Oh, my God. You, <laughs> are, you are floating right now. <laughs> Not frowning. Not frowning. Grinning. Cavill has donned the Superman cape and spandex since 2013's Man of Steel, which kicked off the DCEU with director Zack Snyder leading the charge. But we haven't had a direct Superman sequel since. He's appeared in the Justice League movies. Countless movies. And Batman vs Superman. Yeah. But what does this mean more broadly with Dwayne Johnson also vocal about making a Black Adam vs Superman movie? Amid leadership instability as the president of DC Films, Walter Hamada leaves his post. Could Black Adam and Dwayne Johnson lead DC Universe to its full potential finally? That is the big question. Isn't it just? It definitely didn't catapult it into that territory. <laughs> But it could still lead it in a better direction. You know what? We are really holding on to hope for the DCU. <laughs> trying. Here, clutching I'm at trying. straws. But it, it's meaningful. It, it holds space for the DCEU. <laughs> I tell you what's exciting, Tim. The first Creed 3 posters and trailer dropped this week, starring Michael B. Jordan. This is the third in the Rocky spin-off series that has seen Black Panther director Ryan Coogler deliver two critically acclaimed and box office successes to date. This time, however, Michael B. Jordan is taking over as director for his directorial debut, which I'm flipping excited about. I love that, especially when you've played a character for a couple of films. You would know that world and that character intimately, Mm -hmm. and for him to be in the director's chair is really exciting. He knows what works. Exactly. So after dominating the boxing world... Adonis Creed, Michael B. Jordan, has been thriving. When a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy, Damien, played by Jonathan Majors, resurfaces after serving a long sentence in prison, he is eager to prove that he deserves his shot in the ring and battle lines are drawn between former friends. So to settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damien, a fighter who has Nothing to lose. Yeah, the worst kind. Yeah. <laughs> the stakes are pretty high. Or the best though. kind. The best. For, for, for entertainment purposes, yes. the best. Creed 3 also stars Tessa Thompson, Florian Montagnu, Felicia Rashad, and Wood Harris, and will be in Australian cinemas in March 2023. The beginning of next year is shaping up to be pretty exciting. It's jam packed. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, change of pace here, Lee. Robbie Coltrane, best known for his roles as Hagrid in the Harry Potter series and Valentin Zukovsky in the James Bond series, has died aged 72. That's very sad. He brought such joy to so many people with his work. Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter, of course, paid tribute in a statement saying, Robbie was one of the funniest people I've met and used to keep us laughing constantly as kids on that set. I've especially fond memories of him keeping our spirits up on Prisoner of Azkaban when we were all hiding from the torrential rain for hours in Hagrid's hut and he was telling stories and cracking jokes to keep morale up. I feel incredibly lucky that I got to meet and work with him and very sad that he's passed. He was an incredible actor and a lovely man. What a beautiful Mm. thing to say. Now, Emma Watson, who played Hermione in the Harry Potter series, said in her own statement, Robbie, if I ever get to be so kind as you were to me on a film set, I promise I'll do it in your name and memory. I'll really miss your sweetness, your nicknames, your warmth, your laughs and your hugs. 
A big loss for the industry. Yeah, And huge. his family. Indeed. 90s blockbuster classic Twister is getting a sequel at Universal Pictures with Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment. Spielberg himself is excited about the script and the project is currently in search of a director. Originally, Top Gun Maverick's Joseph Kaczynski was attached, but he dropped out for an Apple F1 film starring Brad Pitt. I don't know how I feel about this. Twister is a classic and it's one of those standalone classics that you just really want to be left alone. Absolutely. And if you don't get the original cast back, I just don't know if it's going to have the same magic. And sadly... Bill Paxton. He's no longer with us. He's no longer with us. Yes, he sadly passed away. You know, when we prepare for our episodes, we jot in notes in, in Trello <laughs> and we build them out over the week as things drop in. We just put in dot points and be like, this piece of news, and we build it out in mm. time for record. So I'd put Twister sequel coming. And I saw your yeah. little note next to it. No! <laughs> I really appreciated that one. Okay, well, so the original film starred Helen Hunt and the late Bill Paxton, as we mentioned, and brought in almost US $500 million at the global box office. It followed Bill and Joe Harding, storm chasers on the brink of divorce, of course, who create an advanced weather alert system and putting themselves in crosshairs of extremely violent tornadoes. There are no details on the plot of the sequel at this stage, which is believed to be called Twisters. Yeah, I mean. Plural. Mm. Beautiful. Alien, aliens. Yeah, (laughs) or if Helen Hunt will reprise her role. I agree what you said. You need the original cast to come back. You would at least need Helen. Yeah. Because she doesn't really make that many movies, so I wonder if she'd be enticed back. I don't know. I'd yeah. love to see it. Me too. Well, I mean, just for Helen. Otherwise, and I mean, we I don't, don't have Philip Seymour Hoffman anymore yes. either. That was one of his first or early roles before yeah. he became Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was hilarious in that film. He was good. He was good. All right. Well, so we're on the fence, I guess, about this sequel mm. news, it seems. But let's just sit tight, see if Helen comes back. It was so groundbreaking for the time yes. too, like the special effects. And, and it was a really good popcorn flick. Yeah. It was really well made. Yeah, I agree. They don't oh. make them like that anymore. They don't. Mm. Well, except Top Gun Maverick. Except Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Here we are. Another day, another Top Gun Maverick reference. <laughs> yeah. We love it. Dakota Fanning and Denzel Washington have reunited on the Amalfi Coast in Italy for the start of production on Equalizer 3. The last time this pair were together on the big screen was 2004's Man on Fire, where Washington played a former CIA agent tasked with protecting a family and their young daughter in Mexico City. That was a great film too. I haven't seen that. Oh God, you should see it. Because Dakota Fanning was quite young early on in her career back in 2004. Definitely younger than 10 at least. I mean, imagine reuniting on the Amalfi Coast. Mm. How rude. So the third instalment in the Equalizer films will see Robert McCall, who is played by Denzel Washington, once again dishing out justice on behalf of the oppressed and exploited, this time across Europe. Plot details are under wraps, but Antoine Fuqua will also return to the director's chair. He's directed the first two. Yes, That's he did. awesome yeah. that the director's seeing it yeah. right through. I love that. The Equalizer 3 will find its way into Australian cinemas in late 2023, hopefully. Here's some big news for you, Lee. James Wan has confirmed that he has been slowly and carefully crafting The Conjuring 4 and Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson will be returning as paranormal investigator couple Lorraine and Ed Warren. This is pretty cool. This is a really good franchise. David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, who penned Aquaman and The Lost City, is working on the script and it will bring together the filmmaking team behind every Conjuring film in the universe, which is really great. So good to have that creative consistency and a team that know how to work together to deliver a good product. Yes, thank you very much. 
So go back and check out our review episode of the third Conjuring film, The Devil Made Me Do It, on all podcast platforms. We'll pop the link in the show notes for you. That film was based on real events concerning the first criminal case in which the defence sought to prove innocence based on the claim of demonic possession. It was good. Yeah. It was, it was flawed, but we had, it was we had, still enjoyable. Yeah, we had mixed things to say about it. You know, I've got some work to do because, well, I mean, the Conjuring universe is very extensive, but I actually haven't seen the first two Conjuring movies. So I think I've got to do that mm-hmm. before Conjuring 4 comes out. Yeah. So I'm well-versed in the universe. Make sure you do. Make sure I do. Well, that's it for another episode of Popcorn Podcast, everyone. We covered Black Adam. Which you can catch in Australian cinemas from October 20th. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. We have a website, popcornpodcast.com. Make sure you check it out. We've got all our episodes up there for you. If you'd like to get to know us a little better, there's an About Us section and we run ticket giveaways. So keep an eye on the website for more information. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.